0: The good news this morning, church, is is that the blood of Jesus Christ is too great to be defeated by sin. The implications of the cross and the benefit of the cross, the fruit of the cross, the harvest of the cross, is that now we have access to a living, gracious, and merciful Heavenly Father. You just before you sit down this morning you know I just want to go ahead and uh, uh, just welcome you today and I'm going to ask you to do something for me uh, just not this morning but on a regular basis I want you to you know to express to the worship team how important they are and what a blessing they are and you know and it, it, yes amen let's go ahead and do that yeah just awesome powerful Amen, 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 amen. God is so good, and I think that we're to, to give honor to where honor is due this morning. Praise God. God bless you. So good to see you here this morning. Ladies, it's great to see you again this morning. I'd like to shake your hand afterwards and get acquainted with you, okay? You may be seated. My goodness me. May... Well, you can stand during my message if, if it's that good, okay? <laughs> All right. You know, and in some churches, it's okay. <laughs> oh, bless the Lord. God is so good, so wonderful, and has such great plans for everybody. And uh, his plans succeed. That's the, that's the neat thing. And uh, we just want to be able to, you know, help you, uh, you know, get on in on the plan of God uh, by introducing you to Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, and then you become partners in life. And, he leads you and walks with you and empowers you and uh... And uh, he doesn't keep himself to himself, you know what I mean? But he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And that's the very Spirit of the living God, and uh, that he'll just, he just puts us in us. And so we have a, we have a, a divine GSP, uh, GPS system in us this morning, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? To guide you and to help you make the right turns and, you know, and, uh, uh, you know get to the right place uh, on time. Hallelujah, because uh, uh, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will lead you, will lead you. Isn't it wonderful? You don't have to try to navigate life alone. Absolutely. And he will guide you. So sometimes there are decisions to be made, but the truth of the matter is, he said, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll pay attention to your life enough so that, uh, he said, the, the, the lily isn't, you know, is not a raid like, I'll take care of you, and the, the sparrow is, you know, not near as important, but yet I really care about him, and so, uh, you know... I think it was Cliff Barrow's uh, for uh, Billy Graham Crusade used, used to sing, you know, his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. So we thank you, Father, today that uh, uh, you have uh, you've come, and we've worshipped you, and we honor you, and we just look to uh, not only our past, but to our future. And we thank you and ask you to help this man and help us as hearers today. In Jesus' name. Well, you know, we, we spent up, uh, about three months, I believe it was, three, four months, somewhere uh, talking about sowing seeds for revival. Uh, revival, of course, is, is, you know, something that uh, has, uh, comes about when something has been diminished uh, with varying degrees of what that diminished aspect might be. It could be total ruins, you know, or it could just have uh, need a, you know, a, a, as he said to the Ephesians in Revelations, he said, you know, the, uh, all the areas of your life is doing really well, but the area of your first love, you've lost your excitement about our relationship. You know, that can happen in life. It can happen. It happens all the time, fact is, in marriages and relationships, you know, that, that excitement about first love, just, you know, somehow, uh, you know, it, it needs attention. It needs attention. And that's what Jesus was telling to the church at Ephesus. He says, you know, everything is good in your life, but you, you just kind of lost your excitement about our relationship. And so so the degrees of, of revival is, uh, you know, can be different. And, and uh, but it doesn't make any difference. God is able and, most, and powerful enough to address all the degrees of it. But anyways, we were saying that we're, we've been uh, sowing seeds for revival. And uh, so then after we've got through with that that series, that segment, I, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, now, uh, you know, uh, what am I to look for? He said, I can go and, and I can I, I read the history of revival. Uh, I've, I've seen revival in my lifetime. I've experienced ri- revival myself uh, what do I look for? Uh, because I've learned this that that you know the image that you have plays a great deal, cra- cra- plays a great part in whether or not you see, you know what what's taking place. My wife knows that that uh, you she never sends me to look for something <laughs> because. I always have this pre-image, the color, what it looks like. And she's found out that I'm always 100% wrong when it comes to, <laughs> you know, the pre-image. And so I can be looking for it and I cannot see it because I'm expecting to look it to look different than what it really does. And so with that in mind that's what I asked God because God I don't want to I don't want to know what revival is and what it's taken what has taken place and and somehow my misconception my preconceived idea of what I experienced yesterday and what the you know history of of revival ha- has been so what should I look for and here's what he said he said Isaiah chapter 58 he said you shall be as a well watered garden whose waters do not fail my i don't know about you but as i begin to digest and, and define that that idea i was encouraged i was excited can you imagine to to, to be like a well-watered garden, whose waters do not fail, fruitful all the time. And now, drought does not have very little effect on a well-watered garden. And so I, I submit that to you and in, in, you know this morning uh, to this church that, that as we move forward, in your, and with your anticipation and expectation that, that uh, you know, let that framework be an encouragement. And also, as you look, you know, you look for the right signs of revival. That is a well-watered garden. A well-watered garden. Amen? Praise the Lord. So that's the general, uh, 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 you know, view that I want you to get. Now, a more specific element that I want you to get in terms of of time frame. And, uh, (coughs) excuse me, we are living in, you know, a very, you know, can be very confusing. But we need some specifics in our life. So I ask him, Lord, what, what season? Now, seldom does the seasons of God, you know, always coordinate with the natural seasons. Right now, the natural season, of course, is harvest time. And, uh, but the Lord spoke to my heart and said that this is harvest time. So I uh, want to encourage your heart today to, to begin to uh, anticipate begin to you know expect because harvest is the results of you know seeds that have been sown investments that have been made it's been something that has taken place in your past that good seeds put in to the kingdom of god into life itself that has you know that god has planned to now come to the reward and the benefit of of you. Maybe these investments and seeds that that have been years in waiting, not that you haven't had harvest time, not that you haven't had results in your life, but those very dear and and important, and, and sometimes that your heart has been longing to take place and to happen, it hasn't taken place. You are now, God is saying, on the verge of I'm going to fulfill and keep that word and bring the harvest into your area and the arena of your your life. So uh, a well-watered garden and harvest. What seeds have you sown? Because the purpose of sowing seeds is to reap a harvest. Be not weary in well-doing... Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. I'm convinced that that continuation is the climate setter. We have done good, but we need the right climate for the harvest. And so therefore, he says, that's why he says, don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season, we know that it's not just the planting that makes the harvest it's the whole arcing of the planting and the, uh, the environment, the rain, the sun, uh, you know, the attention given to it. Hallelujah. So how many got some seeds in the ground? Amen. All right. You know, that, 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 that you, you know you've put in and you'd love to see the harvest of it. Absolutely. Praise God. So, uh, you know. Let's go for it. And so in order for this to happen, and for this to, uh, 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 for next Sunday's message, which is going to be uh, uncontainable blessings, I must start with this message, and that is Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Did you know the cross is really about harvest? Maybe you've not thought of it that way. But Jesus himself said, except a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abides alone. But if, you know, it is planted in the ground, what does it do? It brings forth much more than the one seed that was planted. So the angle of the cross, too, you know, is about, because Jesus is the firstfruits among many brethren. If there would have met a Jesus, you know, his sacrifice, his life giving, there wouldn't be you and I who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. There would not be the option or the opportunity for that new creation to come forth. There wouldn't be an invitation to the world into the loss of the sinner, which we all came out of, you know, and found our place at the Father's table. So the cross is really, you know, about so many things. This morning I'm not gonna take you to the events of the cross so much as the results of the cross or the harvest benefits and the fruits of what Jesus has done. Based upon this, as we try to keep the cross in view, no matter what happens in life, it doesn't mean that we stay connected to the cross. First of all, the cross engineered man's freedom. We need redemption. We needed redemption, and because we're all slaves. we're slaves to something. Varies in each individual's lives, but there is that nature of us that has needs, and sometimes those needs become the prisoner of our life and not the liberator of our lives. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 19 says that you are slaves to whatever controls you. And so we're captives. We never think of ourselves that way. Because, number one, we live in a land that's, that's, that's free, and so being in prison is not something we're, we're familiar with. Blair and Verla, they go to the prisons, and they see those in prisons, but they themselves just were free to walk out and walk in. They were not, you know, and that's a good thing. That, uh, but... Uh, but you don't have to be behind bars. You don't have to have been sentenced, you know, by some earthly judge uh, because that of the fact that, that we're all born into sin and therefore we need to be set free. The fact of the matter is, is we're far worse than we ever imagined. But the truth, too, is that we're far worse more loved than we ever could dream. In other words, we're worse, worse than we could imagine, but we're also loved more than what we can, can dream. And so 2 Timothy chapter 2 says this, he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. It's not an exclusive club. No, but there is a door. And That door is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So it's not an exclusive club, but there is only one way, one door. And So Jesus himself is the one that accomplished the potential for salvation for everybody. An opportunity, but it's got to be activated by faith. You did, I did, spent some time in our life just seeking significance. Spending our time trying to find what life is about. Trying to find that satisfying portion, that, that freedom element. And so many times we end up with just dead-end streets. Even if it becomes the reality, our life it doesn't seem to have a fulfillment in life. We are a helpless creature in and of ourselves is that we cannot redeem ourselves. We can't redeem ourselves. Psalms 49 says this, None of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. In other words, even if I wanted to give my life on your behalf, my giving would not have caused redemption. Verse 8 says, For the redemption of their souls is costly. The cost of your redemption. Christ is the way of life, the way of contentment. He's really what makes life tick. And when we find him, you know, it begins to come together. It is a a divine action by God himself, an initiative that God himself took to do something for us that we could not do. The cross... When understood right, becomes a motivation. Motivation. Motivated by God's love and God's sacrifice. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life to value the cross to see the results and the fruit of the cross to have the cross so 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 we're so keyed into the cross that it affects every decision that we make we consider the work of god the cross is god himself taking the responsibility for the evils and absorb its consequences into his son Jesus Christ God took the responsibility the triumph of the of the cross the cross means that sins can be forgiven and now there's power to live victoriously there is a redemption that has went on in our life a ransom that was paid to free us from the slavery and the power of sin and of our own selves It says in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, that just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Viewing life through the cross. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. God has made a way. You're forgiven. In Jesus Christ, you're forgiven. I forgive you, God says, as he gives Jesus his son on the cross. So as many as receives him, to them gives he power. To not only be forgiven, but also to have a transformation, a change. A position and a place. You are the power to become the sons of sons of God. The good news this morning, church, is, is that the blood of Jesus Christ is too great to be defeated by sin. Wherever it is... Wherever it's applied, wherever it's absorbed. Fact is, the fact of the matter is, that when, when, you know, when death, when Jesus died, and Scott mentioned this in his his uh, uh, communion, that death drank in the blood of Jesus, and life came out. It has no power because of the lifeblood, because where is the life? It's in the blood. Drank it in, and so death died. Death's power was broken because of the blood of Jesus, Jesus Christ. We have redemption through his blood. First Peter 1 and 18 says this, Knowing that you were not redeemed, but you were purchased, God actually paid a price for you so you could be long. Not with corruptible things like silver or gold, and from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers. It wasn't something that was instituted, you know what I mean, from the realm of man. But it was something that was inaugurated by the Almighty God. He says it's by the precious blood of Christ that you have been purchased and you belong. Don't feel like an outsider this morning. Don't feel like you don't have a place, you know, at the Father's table. That you don't have a place... In his heart, because you do. He went to great extent, and he wants you to know this morning that, that he has went ahead and legitimately, legally, bought you, bought you. in this redemption of God through Jesus Christ, there is what we refer to as handwriting of ordinances against us or certificate of debt. It is a a, uh, list of your crimes. It's why you should, you know, receive certain punishments. it's the guilty sentence and yet jesus christ went ahead and took each one of our certificate of debt and he nailed it to the cross So it could not be held against us. So we cannot be imprisoned by it. You see, sometimes we're imprisoned by our yesterdays. And God wants you to go and take a look at the cross again and see that your certificate of debt was nailed there. See, God always starts with liberty. He starts with freedom. He starts with, you know, loosing us or unbounding us so you can get started. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. We all have a past. I mean, we've got yesterday's even in the past, but even that was taken into consideration. Colossians says this, that when you were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of of flesh, in other words, your old state, he made you alive together with him in God's mind, in, in, in God's eyes, in God's program, you know what I mean? Way before... It came into being in your life. God had made a determination about you. That when you and him would come together. The life that he had planned. Would begin to be released. Into your days. Oh hallelujah. He made you alive together. With. With him. Having forgiven all. Of your transgressions. Cancel the certificate of debt consisting of the decrees against us. Which was hostile to us. He's taken them out of the way. Having nailed them to the cross. Calvary covers it all. Out of Calvary. Out of the, the... Life sown, there are lives born. Let me say it again. Out of the life sown, there are lives born. Oh, hallelujah. We celebrate and we should celebrate our new birth in Jesus Christ. The fruit of the harvest of Calvary is his blood cleanses us from a dead conscience or those things that acts that led to death. The conscience that plagued us, you know, over and over. Not just that which we have done, but that which we have left undone. That's what he's talking about there in that passage when it says he has cleansed us from dead works or dead conscience to serve the living God. He's talking about. He said, "I've even covered the sins of omission, what you probably missed, what you should have done." He doesn't. He doesn't want us. Uh, 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 how can I put it? Chained. What I should have done, he wants us to go ahead and be, you know, liberated to what you can do. Oh, hallelujah! I wish I would have. The wish is, you know what I mean, that you wish you would have done that you didn't do, and now because you didn't do them, you know what I mean. They're like a weight on your life. And they become like what they, they they paralyze you. And so the future is can't be mine because it's not even what I did do, but what I didn't do. He says, no. What he wants you to do is be able to see what you can do. It's what's in your future. Because he's went ahead and dealt with what was in your past. Hallelujah. The only reason we want to look back and see yesterday's which we did, that which we did what was wrong, and that which we didn't do, which we should have done, you know, is to appreciate what he has done to go ahead, you know what I mean, and and, and, and and you know, hobble us out of Calvary. The fruit of Calvary, you know, is to cleanse us so we can serve the living God. It's one of those movements that God does so you can be, you know, feel that you belong. I don't know if you went any place, you know what I mean, and you didn't. you didn't belong, and you didn't feel like you belong, and everybody around you made it very apparent that you didn't belong. You were out of your league. I know. God says, listen, amen. When you come to God through Jesus Christ, you're not out of your league. <laughs> you're in a league, hallelujah, that has been arranged by God family of God oh he says I'm freeing you from the futility of trying to earn my favor through your own efforts he says I'm giving you my favor the harvest and the fruit of the cross as God says I'm going to give you favor I'm going to give it to you because of Jesus Christ. Too good to be true? Yeah, I don't know what sounds like it, but it's in the book. Freezes us to serve him. Chuck Olson. Don't know him know about him he ended up in prison for the deeds he had done he found jesus christ in prison and once he had served his time to humanity's laws he came out and began to serve his life for jesus christ and became you know you know uh, uh, having one of the greatest prison ministries that this, this nation has ever seen, and no one. He didn't let his prison time keep him from his freedom time. The implications of the cross and the benefit of the cross, the fruit of the cross, the harvest of the cross, is that now we have access to a living, gracious, and merciful heavenly Father. Therefore, brothers and sisters, Hebrews chapter 10, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, would would you take a note right there where you get to go? for 4000 years 4000 years the place in the god's presence was only accessible by the high priest and that once a year Whew. never got to enter the inner sanctuary of the almighty god Oh, they had the perimeters, and they had the the orders and the feasts, you know what I mean, and the celebration, and it wasn't that, that God wasn't around, but they never got to go into the intimate part on the inside where God himself dwelt. And here, the book of Hebrews is telling us that Jesus Christ has went ahead and opened up a way so that what used to be, you know, exclusive, what used to be out of bounds, and what used to be having to be so perfect in the in divine order and the practice of God that if it wasn't done right, you would die because God's presence would kill the individual. Now, he says, through Jesus Christ, you can just go ahead and come in. Because it's not your perfection. It's not your rightness. It's His. You get to go into the holiest of holies, the presence of the holy and awesome and mighty God. By what? By the blood of Jesus. Notice the fruit by a new and living way which open for us through the curtain that is his body let us draw near with to god with a sincere heart and with a full assurance don't be don't be hesitant don't be hesitant having a heart sprinkled to to cleanse us from guilt and conscience and having our bodies washed with, with, with pure water. We're invited into the most holy place because of Jesus Christ. Because of the harvest of Calvary, we can stand steadfast in the face of trials there's something about the blood of Jesus Christ and you're, you're connecting to it, you know, and your confession of the word of God that, it, that, that, that the devil just cannot win in. It says that the, the saints overcame him, that is the adversary, and, and if you want to read, you know what I mean, the war plan, read it in Revelations. If you want to see, you know, some, some horrible conflicts, So they overcame. They were victorious by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their their testimony. I believe that they were saying, Jesus paid it all. I was guilty, that's for sure. You don't have to argue. You don't have to debate with the, with the enemy and saying, you know, when he comes and, and says, you know, you did it. I did it. I did it. I'm guilty. But Jesus paid it all. That doesn't, you know what I mean, make me a liber- liberal sinner. It makes me a liberated saint. (laughs) Hebrews 6.19 says we have an anchor, anchor of the soul. You know, we live in a a lot of different winds that are blowing today and different philosophies and, you know, societies that... uh, belief systems that that you know have just changed they've got strong headwinds with them but well, we've got an anchor sure and steadfast help us to be able to stand and where's it at he says it's behind the veil it's in the fellowship with god That's right. I just want you to think in your own minds. So it's not just a, you know, something that we're just talking about somebody else did. But in your own life, when you were facing something, when you, were, you, you might have been sad, you might have been discouraged, you might have been down and low, and, and, and somehow something triggered, and whatever, whatever vehicle you used, it might have been music, it might have been the word of God, it might have been a friend or something that spoke something in your life, and, 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 and all of a sudden you felt the presence of God. And something changes you and your outlook and how you feel and nothing but his presence but it's his presence that have anchored you again it's his presence that went ahead and said i'm going to take another step i'm going to try it again Maybe are those that's here this morning, or someone this morning. You say, Pastor, you know what I mean? I've I've, I've tried a couple of those things, and you know, and I, I I found myself just in deeper water. Well, you know what you need to do. You need to just let Jesus take your hand and put you in the boat, because maybe you're not you weren't ready for walking on water yet. <laughs> Maybe you were good as long as it was calm, but when a wave came, you, know, you weren't up to it. And so, Jesus, get out of it. Call on to me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things that you haven't even heard of. Right. See, everything that you know and everything that I know and everything that our forefathers have known and they've experienced and taken place, that's not the total extent of God. God says there's things that you haven't even, I haven't even, even introduced you yet to. I haven't introduced them to you, but, but I got them. You know, he says, you start, go ahead and just, you know, spend time in my presence. And you go ahead and just, you know, you, if, if the wave is getting the best of you, call on to me. I'll show you great and mighty things. It probably wasn't the walking on water that Peter, Peter remembered. It was probably the hand that he reached down and pulled him out of the water. Amen? Absolutely. Praise God. It's the rescue part. Oh. Except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it, it, it abides alone. He frees us, forgiveness from sins, and frees us from daily slavery to such a cruel, cruel master. The good news of the cross is that he wants to convey to us is that, yes, sin is real. Sin is, you know what I mean, we have propensity to sin. Sin is, is, is everywhere. Sin is just a transgression of, you know, of God. It, it just violates who, who he is and his, his character. But he says in Romans chapter 6, he says, sin shall not have dominion over you because there's something about the power of grace. See, God is just not legislating, you know, your salvation, and your victory. He is empowering it. For you are not under law, but under grace. Nothing wrong with law. It makes us aware of the rights and the wrongs. But it was always weak through the flesh. Paul said this. He said, you know what I mean? I found myself here in a predicament. I wanted to do it, but I just, you know, couldn't keep doing it. You ever win a couple battles and then lose the third one? Which one torments you? The two victories or the one you lost? The one you lost. Right? Absolutely. When Paul encourages our heart and says, you know what I mean? God has, has, has made a provision for the weakness of our own persons. He's treated from an empty and futile life, futile way of life, a life without purpose, a life without fruitfulness and uselessness, just coming up empty and not satisfied and not fulfilled. He promises an abundant life and an eternal life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you have, might have it more abundantly. John 3:16 he says, whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So God says, I'm not just taking care of, you know, I'm not just a partner for that which is eternal. He said, I'm a partner for that which is also, you know, not eternal. That you might have Life. That you might have it more abundantly. The cross, the fruit, the harvest. Jesus paid it all. It says in Isaiah 53 that the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I don't know about you, but I find that I can use Jesus a lot. Notice what God says. He says, the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Here's what he responds to. It says, when you make his soul an offering for sin. Verse 11 says, he shall see the labor of your soul and be satisfied. He bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Yes, it's a gospel that's been around, but it's it's a gospel that we must never, you know, just relegate to. Sunday school classes, theology, and lectures. The cross is meant to be an encounter. Not with the wood, but with the man. The result of the wood becomes the benefit. Oh, hallelujah. The cross. In Jesus Christ and the divine mission, He accomplished every sin has been paid for. He paid for it before you committed it. He paid for it before you committed it. It was God's intention. It was God's idea, it was God's love. Every evil deed has been judged, full and total price has been paid. Jesus Christ is the all and complete comprehensive grace of God. Notice what it says in First Peter 3:18 for Christ also suffered once for sins. I'm glad he only had to do it once because it's it's because his sacrifice and his blood is so powerful and so perfect. The just for the unjust that he might bring us to God. The reason Jesus Christ came is to bring people to God. the fruit of the cross and the harvest thereof is the soul of man coming to God notice what it says in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we am- that we might become the righteousness of God in him oh my goodness church <laughs> I'm not trying to become righteous. I have been made righteous. I am trying to live righteously. But I have been made righteous. If I wasn't made righteous, I could not come in to the holy of holies. It would smite us just like that. But you can come to church, you can come in your private hour, and you can come in your private time, you can come wherever people gather, you know what I mean? You can come with your family and you can come into the presence of God, you know. Here's what the book of Hebrews says in, in Hebrews, uh, I believe it is chapter 13. He says, you have not come to Mount Zion. Now, he paints a picture for us if you go back in history. And Mount Zion, of course, was, was you know, the, uh, uh, that was the city of the living God. That was the, the, the place of, of the house of God. Nor have you come to, you know, an innumerable, or you have not come to a mountain that can be burnt. Excuse me, got it wrong there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? In other words, the time that Moses was was up on the mountain and he was getting the law and the smoke just rolled up because when God touched it, the the mountain just began to burn. Uh, He says, that isn't where you've come. As fearful a sight as that was. It was so awesome, the scripture says, that Moses, who knew God face to face, and Moses, who had audiences with God all the time, just trembled was a different kind of presence, a different kind of awesomeness. And he says, you haven't come there. You have come to Zion. Not Zion. You've come to the church of the living God. When? When you come together. Churches got boring for a lot of people because they don't really know, you know what I mean, what church is about. It's some kind of religious activity that we go ahead and, you know what I mean, uh, uh, incorporate into our lives. And, you know, if we love Jesus, we got to do this and, and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? But you have not come to Mount Zion, to the city, si- but you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem. Oh my goodness, Yeah, we don't have enough time to go there, but you open the book of Revelations and take a look at the, the heavenly Jerusalem. John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, you know what I mean? And he got carried away and he says, come up here. He's high a little higher. He says, I will show you the city. You know what I mean? I will show you the house of God. The book of Hebrews says that when you come into the presence of God... That is the element. I know that's kind of deep. To the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Hallelujah. Did you know that because of the cross... Truly our fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, but there is an attendant, attending, you know, beings that accompany our meetings. Angels, angels. The result of the cross is that there is now healing made available. There is is spiritual healing and there is physical healing. By his stripes we were healed. I asked my musicians to come this morning. This is all set up for, for next week, church. Because it's harvest time. It's not just your harvest time, although it is your harvest time. It's the harvest time of the cross. The harvest time to begin to liberate both saints and sinners. <laughs> because there's a lot of saints that need to be liberated. His stripes were healed because of the cross in Him. We have everything we need, and through him, we can do all things and go and change the world. I'm on 14. Oh. Sorry, Matt, I haven't been paying attention to my, my slides there. In just a little bit, we're going to have clearer pictures up there for you guys to see, because they're kind of hard to see. I, I understand that. We're going to have some clearer pictures. Because of the cross, he was able to send the Holy Spirit. We have an advantage today. Could you believe this with me this morning? That you have an advantage over the disciples in pre Pentecost? you have an advantage over pre-Pentecost disciples. Jesus himself said it. Right. They became troubled and they, just, they were just despondent. You know what I mean? We don't want to lose the physical presence of Jesus. But he says it's advantageous. You're going to be better off because now you will not have to go get me. Remember, they went and got Jesus because they couldn't do the work. It it was too good for them. You don't got to go get him. He's with you. I'll stay right with you. Oh, hallelujah. The fruit, the harvest. He keeps us strong to the end. Let me just say a couple things in closing. The blood deals with our sins, the cross deals with the sin-producing factory. He didn't leave it uncared for. The blood washes away our sins, but it's the cross that deals with the sin-producing factory. Oh, yes. What an amazing work in power that God has, has done for us. The cross crucifies it. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. see, people say, well, why do I still struggle? Well, in all of redemption, in all of God's all-knowing, he never took away man's will. Somebody says, well, if God knew that the devil was going to do this and, you know, and man was going to fall, why did he do it? Because God, you know what I mean, never took away man's will. He hasn't taken away your will this morning. But what he does do is he empowers your will he first of all sets you free he whom the son sets free is free indeed and and i don't know that we really get it and i want to be honest with you you know what i mean there's times that i got to go back and i got to work on it i got to work on it i do you know because it's too good to be true but then i feel down i i feel so low i feel i feel like you know what i mean you know I just want to get out of life. Paul said, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I believe that the cross should change the way we see God. And I want you to know the cross changes the way God sees us. How do you see God this morning? I can tell you how God sees you. Do you see a God of love, or do you see a God of wrath? The cross shows us a father who would rather die and forgive his enemies than to cast them aside to violence. He could have called 12 legions of angels to deliver him. And, you know, he would descended back to the Father, but he said, no. You say, enemies, what are you talking about? The Bible says that we were enemies of the cross. Everything that we did, the way we lived, the very nature of our whole being was, was against the cross. And Jesus said, you know what? They're my enemies, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to intercept them. A willing father who is willing, a loving father, excuse me, who is willing to absorb the punishment due his children. It was on the cross that Jesus reaped what we had sown and forgave us that we might reap who and what he was. Oh, the cross. Because of the cross, the cross is... God kissing us until we kiss him back. He keeps kissing us until we kiss him back. I want you to capture this. He didn't do it just for you and I that are sitting here this morning. We rejoice, and we, we, we weep, and we celebrate. We do all these things because we've become the recipients of. But the Bible says that he laid on him the sin of the whole world. Oh, as you stand with me this morning, praise God. So because of the cross... It should change the way we look at the world. Somebody help me out here. The cross should change the way that we look at the world. As we look at it through the eyes of God. He was willing to die for the world. He offers forgiveness and not violence, and so should we this morning. You are fruit because someone decided that they didn't want to remain alone. And so they invested in a ground Oh, a ground. Except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abides alone. How many are glad that he was willing to die? Because he knew the result that harvest always comes after the seed is song we have a song this morning i know it's late but it, praise god i gotta set you up church come come back you know if at all possible because you're going to find out why it doesn't work you know what i mean why some things are not working and liberated into the possibilities and the potential of the greatest harvest of the hour father this morning as we leave this house today we want to go in a fresh liberty and a fresh understanding We wanna go, Lord Jesus, with the liberation, power and spirit of sins forgiven. God with a new angle on life, the new objective in life. God with discovery in our pathway. Father, but we want to start right where, you know, the beginning is, and that's at the cross of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you that because you sowed a seed, It's harvest time. A harvest time that began at the resurrection of Jesus Christ in a harvest time that has continued from then until now. And it has not ended. But God, there is a brand new emphasis that you are bringing to it for us to become, you know, conscious of the harvest of the seed that you sowed so that we likewise will sow seeds so that we can have harvests for our life in this application. We bless and ask this morning, Lord Jesus, that you'd cause your face to shine. Lord, you'd lift up your countenance upon the people. Lord, that your peace would just reign Father, as a royal king over all of their lives and in their own minds and soul and heart, reign inwardly and reign outwardly, we pray, in Jesus' name. All the people said amen. Praise God. Would you give the Lord a praise one more time as we leave today? But God bless you. Amen. Amen. God is good. God is good. God is in charge.